Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the CSIS Cybersecurity Podcast Series. My name is Katrina Timlin, and I'm a research assistant with the Technology and Public Policy Program at CSIS. Stuart Baker is a partner in the Washington office of Steptoe & Johnson. He returned to the firm following three and a half years at the Department of Homeland Security as its first assistant secretary for policy. Recently, he wrote a report for McAfee titled, In the Dark, Crucial Industries Confront Cyberattack. Mr. Baker, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. This report is a follow-up to a previous McAfee publication in the Crossfire. What are the main differences observed in security trends from the past to the current report? Well, this time around, we focused very closely on three industries. Last last time we looked across uh, industries. This time we looked at uh, uh, the power grid, uh, at um, oil and gas, and at uh, sewage and water uh, uh, facilities, mainly because these are uh, facilities that rely heavily on industrial control systems. And we wanted to know, especially in the wake of Stuxnet, how people were doing uh, on security in those areas. Um, and I think, you know, the broadest generalization about it uh, is that um, people are slowly improving their security game in these industries, very slowly, and the threat is still galloping ahead. There's lots of escalation, uh, uh, large numbers uh, of new attacks. I think the uh, uh, number of uh, people reporting that they'd been the subject of a major infiltration attack like GhostNet uh, went from something like 15% the first time we looked at them uh, a, a year ago to something like 40% this year. Uh, and so major increases in very serious attacks. Uh, at the same time, when we actually measured, when we p asked people not how you do it in security, but what security measures are you actually adopting, and we asked them very specific questions about encryption and two-factor authentication and uh, a variety of whitelisting of applications, um, the increases uh, were about on the order of one or two percent in the kinds of in the number of security measures they'd actually adopted. Uh, so it's an improvement. There's clearly more investment, but it is nowhere near what the improvement in the capabilities of the hackers is. Survey respondents were asked what country is of greatest concern in the context of network attacks. The U.S., previously listed as first, has dropped in the rankings to third. Why do you think that respondents regard the U.S. as less of a threat now than in 2008 when the previous surveys, survey was conducted? Yeah, I think this is a real, this is an interesting uh, uh, finding. Uh, it's, uh, uh, and it's not just that, um, you know, last time we looked at this, a third of the respondents said China, a third of them uh, said the U.S., the U.S. was slightly ahead, uh, and then there was nobody until you got down to Russia and around 12%. This time around, uh, um, China remains above 30 percent, and uh, uh, you drop down to Russia in second place around 15, the U.S. around 12. I think the uh, uh, the Koreans, the North Koreans, were at around 11. Um, and uh, what we're seeing, I think, is a beginning of a recognition that these are weapons that can be used by anybody, even the North Koreans, uh, and. Probably 
the other thing that's happening is as people begin to focus on actual threats rather than just what's in the newspapers, I think they're experiencing more hacking of the serious kind coming out of China than coming out of the United States. And so this is probably a gradual sobering up uh, of the uh, security professionals as they begin to realize these threats could come from a lot of places and they're actually seeing them and they're seeing them come uh, very substantially out of Asia. This report describes companies as doubling down on danger by implementing smart grid technologies. How can companies adopt these technologies while maintaining a high level of security? Well, I mean, I I, I, I want to go back to just how surprising the results were uh, on smart grid, uh, which is a much more fine-tuned control of uh, uh, the uh, delivery of electric power to houses and to even appliances inside the house. Uh, and uh, and yet when we asked, we had 80% of the people we asked all around the world said, yes, I'm going to have a smart grid uh, uh, in the future. And then when we asked them, now how are you going to communicate with the smart uh, uh, meters, uh, they said, oh, about half of them, more than half of them said, uh, over the internet. Um, and uh, a third of them said, and they didn't plan any special security measures for doing that. Uh, and given what we know about how many weaknesses there are on the internet, uh, if you don't take special security measures, this is really a recipe for making our homes and our appliances much more vulnerable than, than they are today to, uh, to hacker attack. Uh, why aren't people doing more? In the U.S., which is the jurisdiction I know best, I would say the principal problem is the regulatory authority to set security standards is probably at the federal level to the extent that there's any regulatory authority, but the ability to enforce those standards, if it exists at all, exists at the local and the state level. And there's no connection between the two. Uh, The federal government has recommended some security measures, uh, uh, and there's no way to even tell whether those security measures are being implemented. Um, And so I think the, the power guys who are very focused on being absolutely sure there's no interruption in supply and who will take every conceivable shortcut to make sure that they uh, can get a repairman out and that he has no hassles getting access uh, to, uh, uh, to the systems have focused almost entirely on availability and are not focused on maintaining security. The U.S. companies reported low levels of information sharing on cybersecurity with their government, as well as infrequent security audits. Does this discrepancy stem from the unique legislative or regulatory climate in the U.S. that you mentioned, or does it reflect a cultural bias against government oversight? I I think there's definitely a bias against uh, 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 government regulation in a number of countries. uh, And... Uh, it's quite striking this year um, the difference between countries that were heavily focused on uh, uh, imposing audits and imposing regulation for security uh, uh, reasons um, the the difference between the countries that did a lot of that and the countries that did very little is enormous um, 
I think this year we found that uh, 100% of the Japanese uh, uh, participants said they were audited by the, uh, 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 the government for security purposes and something like 6% of the British respondents said that they were audited. Uh, an enormous difference and it carries over its cultural, uh, the US and uh, the British respondents typically said uh, they had little or no comment, uh, uh, contact with government on security matters. I think uh, 35 to 45% of the respondents in the US, Spain, and the UK said, no, we just don't interact with the government at all on security. That's um, quite staggering and quite a contrast to the Chinese and the Japanese approach uh, where governments are very active uh, and uh, um, uh, Private, the private sector is very responsive to government requests for security measures to be adopted. Uh, um, I think there's a there's a real emerging disparity in the approach towards security as as um, Asian governments show a lot of interest in and respect for government regulation, and the Western European and the Anglosphere um, uh, demonstrate very little interest in having the government set standards or improve security. Great. Well, Mr. Baker, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. For more of the CSIS Cybersecurity Podcast Series, check out CSIS.org or CSIS on iTunes U.